and welcome. You know, when I watch this week's show, if you want to know how meditation can help you be a superior entrepreneur or investor and can certainly help you make far more profit, see on the inside. Hi, and welcome to this week's show. It's no secret that I am a lover of meditation. I think meditation is one of the most incredible psychological tools known to mankind. I always suggest my entrepreneur and investing clients learn to meditate. In fact, in this week's show, I'm going to give you a meditation to try. I know when people try and learn to meditate, they find it very frustrating and they find it really frustrating because (laughs) when they try and quieten their mind, they're actually confronted with how much their mind chatters, talks, diverts their attention. And they get very frustrated and they say things like, well, I just can't meditate. I don't have a mind that can meditate. I'm just too busy to meditate. And they need it. Now, before we get into this, I want to address something really important because when I tell most of my entrepreneur clients or my investor clients to start meditating, of course, they're like, well, why? It's not going to help me make more profit. I'm just too busy. I've just got too much to do. And I want to sort of address that straight away. So first up, the quality of our results, the quality of our financial results, the quality of all our outcomes come from our ability to make good quality choices. Think about that. When we make good quality choices, we get good quality results. And therefore, improving your ability to make choices is the most important thing that you can do as a business owner, entrepreneur, or investor. You increase your chances of good outcomes by improving your choice-making abilities. Now, let's just go somewhere with this. Well, let's just start off with a a simple statement that outside of positive stress, which I'll talk about in a moment, most stresses downgrade your ability to make good quality choices. You've all experienced it where you're just rushing really busy and a little bit stressed out because of your workload and your choice-making mechanisms aren't as effective as they are when you've got space and time to be calm and settled and think things through properly. Now, coupled with the fact that when we're building businesses and investing, until we reach a certain stage of development, 
we're going to be outside of our comfort zones. Now, comfort zones are always tied to competency zones. So when we can do something like, as an example, I'm, as you can tell, I'm very comfortable speaking in podcasts and on videos and on stage. And that's because it's in my competency zone. I still work to improve what I do and how I communicate. But it's basically my competency zone, which means that it's because it's my skill set suits it. So competency zone and comfort zones go together. So it's not particularly stressful for me to educate and share things and be out in public. But for most people, it terrifies them. And for me, when I first started, it terrified me because it wasn't in my competency zone. So coming back to that key principle, when we're in business building mode, when we're investing, when we're upgrading what we're trying to achieve, we naturally have a skill deficit. And we're learning new skills. We're trialing new approaches. And therefore, it's not in our competency zone. It's not in our comfort zone. And if you're not in a competency zone and a comfort zone, guess what you meet always? It's just a law. You're going to meet uncomfortable emotions. So when you're in a competency zone and a comfort zone, you get to avoid uncomfortable emotions. When you're outside of a competency zone, outside of your comfort zone, you always meet uncomfortable emotions, fear, worry, self-doubt. Oh, geez, can I do this? Is this going to work out? So all of those things impact you physically and mentally. So what goes on in the brain is an example when some of those negative emotions come up when you're outside of your competency zone or comfort zone. Well, your amygdala, the flight or fight center of the brain gets triggered because the brain just sees things as a threat. Now, when it comes to money, and this is why as business owners and investors, this is just such a vitally important subject. When it comes to money, I've done a couple of podcasts on this, our brains on money. On a deep level, money is tied to survival. So it equates to food. It equates to having a roof over our head. And this is part of our ancient wiring. Now, part of our ancient wiring is it works in this way. We're more afraid of loss than we want Again, which is why, as business owners and, and investors, when we move outside of our comfort zones, our competency zones, we're naturally going to be triggered because the fear of loss, which, as I said before, is just part of your primal wiring, the primal circuitries of the brain, the reptilian brain, get kicked into gear. Now, therefore, the amygdala gets spiked which triggers heart race increase. It triggers adrenal being 
adrenals getting triggered, so cortisol. Then the stress hormones are increased into the into the body because you know with that this again comes back to the ancient wiring. It's like it's designed to kick into gear. So if there's a lion, let's 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 rush, let's go, let's get away from here as quick as possible. But for a business owner or an investor, when that's kicked off, it can it can be kicked off for days, weeks even. In fact, at the Fire Yourself workshop I'm about to run on the Gold Coast, I have a very well-known entrepreneur, Lou Fowler, and she's going to be doing a hour talk on how to avoid burnout as an entrepreneur and business owner because she did that. She built, by the way, she I think it was about a five uh, five million dollar business from her kitchen table. So she's a pretty amazing entrepreneur, but she experienced burnout because of the very things that we're talking about. So this whole stress that gets set off, if it stays in there for days or weeks, it wrecks the human body, which is what Lou will be talking about at the at the Fire Yourself workshop. So at the worst case scenarios, you end up extremely burnt out, ruining your health, and you don't have the energy to go and run a business. But even on the lower level, so once that amygdala and the adrenal systems, all stress systems all kicked into gear because it's trying to get you to run away from this line. <laughs> but it's not a line, it just goes on day and day and day, day, day after day after day. Something else happens. It actually happens immediately. So once the amygdala is spiked, the adrenal's running through the um, body, the blood flow to the prefrontal cortex starts to decrease. And that is where you think logically. And now you've all experienced this when there's fear um, running through your system and you can feel racing thinking. You might be the type of person that when you've got fear that you get aggressiveness. Some people don't, but some people get aggressive with their fear. And so a staff member might come up and you're really short and, and you feel all this pressure. At that point, your ability to make good quality decisions downgrades immensely. Secondly, you will make fast decisions, typically from that place, driven by fear, but any unconscious patterns that you have will kick into gear. If unconscious patterns kick into gear, again, you will be making decisions based on past stories or past belief structures. So think about that. We come back to what we said before. Quality results requires you to make quality choices. We've always got decisions to, to make as business owners and investors. So the stress that we're talking about, any form of stress, downgrades your ability to think effectively. So the moment that we start to meditate, and something amazing happens, and that is this. The amygdala has decreased activity, and 
the prefrontal cortex gets better, blood supply gets greater activation, which increases your intelligence. Now, in my Whole Brain Wealth course, and if you haven't done it, you should do it. It's amazing. It's really inexpensive, so you can't use price as a reason not to do it. I provide a whole bunch of meditation techniques for entrepreneurs. Um, but there's all the science in there. And the science will show you that the brain works way more efficiently, way more effectively, and a person's intelligence increases when they meditate, when they're regular meditators, because of what I've just said. Amygdala gets quiet down, so flight or fight response is not being kicked off. Cortisol is not rushing around the body, and the other stress hormones stop running around the body. And so we start to come to a calm place, and the prefrontal cortex is super activated, so you're making good quality decisions, good quality choices, sorry, based on all the decisions that you've got to make. So that's the first positive reason that it's more likely to lead to better profit outcomes if you start to meditate. Your brain just works better. You will treat people better. One of the things that happens is that when there's too much stress in your body-mind complex, you become very reactive and everyone would have experienced this. If you're a bit wound up and someone says the wrong thing, you're quicker to take offence. You're quicker to react. Whereas you're very calm, you'll, you'll notice that your body, your mind doesn't react as quickly. You're okay. You're more chilled out. In some ways, it cools down your nervous system. That's a really good way of explaining it. It just cools your nervous system down. When your nervous system's cooled down, again, you don't just react. You're able to ponder and think. When your nervous system's heated up because you don't calm it down through meditation and because you're outside your competency and comfort zone, you are hot hot-blooded, far quicker to react, do damage to those people around you. Now, when we talk about the cooling of the nervous system, there's another element to this too, because in the cooling of the nervous system, there is a pause. So reactivity, it's really quick. The nervous system's hot, uh, you're under pressure and suddenly there's an emotional overload just spills out and there's damage done. When the nervous system's cooled, it's almost like everything works all slower but more efficiently. So in the slowness, you can almost feel yourself thinking or pondering or taking the time to work out what is the best way to approach this person in front of me that might be saying something that's a bit annoying or doing something that's a little bit annoying. Um, so you tend to come across as a wiser person and I don't come across as a wiser person. You are a wiser person when you cool your nervous system down. So you, you make wise decisions. I don't think any wise decision comes out of uh, reactivity. 
So meditation again, so you, you probably really get the sense of this now. I don't think you could listen or watch this and, and not get a sense of why it's important as an entrepreneur and investor. The other element to this, of course, is you are training your mind or your brain, both real, into a habit pattern. So the more you meditate, the more deeply relaxed states become the norm. And from those deeply relaxed states, you start making better choices and decisions, as we've just said. But not only that, you start thinking differently. This is a hard thing to explain. It's like, you know, trying to explain something that no one else has experienced. Other long-term meditators will understand what I'm saying. You just start to think differently. Now, this science, again, in the Whole Brain Wealth course, we go into the science of this. By the way, the Whole Brain Wealth course, what it does is, well, does a, a whole bunch of things. But first of all, the Whole Brain Wealth course is designed to help you see every belief that exists in your, your unconscious right now, meaning you're not even aware of it, Every negative wealth creation belief, it surfaces. The Whole Brain Wealth course has got some pretty powerful tools. It surfaces these belief systems for you to see. And these belief systems, of course, um, have been stopping you or limiting you or stopping you from being a real high performer as an entrepreneur or investor. And so none of us get to the highest levels of of wealth creation as business owners or investors without transforming unconscious belief systems that are holding us back. So as an example, and I won't go into this too much, by the way, I just, I had mentioned the whole brand wealth course. So I sort of want to explain it a little bit. So you get an idea about what it is, but on the unconscious level, everyone has these belief systems. And if you grow up in the, uh, poor, middle, or professional classes, professional classes, doctors, lawyers, etc. you actually have been programmed to be a resource. You're, you're trained to trade time for money, which is the worst thing you can be <laughs> or do if you really want high levels of wealth and freedom. If you want high levels of wealth and freedom, you want to be able to control income-producing assets. You want to be able to control resources, not be a resource. And in that way, you build income-producing assets that run independently of you so you can go and have freedom, go and have a good life, go and spend time with the people that you love. And it's a whole other form of thinking. So the Whole Brain Wealth course today teaches you to think that way and pulls up every belief from the unconscious that undermines you from going to the highest levels as a wealth creator. And the unconscious is an irrational place. So there's a lot of things that you'll find out about yourself, um, you know, things that happen when you were five or six years of age that um, have sown in belief systems and they're still in there. You can't see them. You haven't known about them because they're unconscious, but the course will show you them. Um, 
And you'll start to go, oh, my God, really? So as an example, you might on the unconscious level, and this is a very common one, have belief systems that say things like uh, wealthy people are greedy and horrible. And uh, that's a common belief system that we're impregnated with when we grow up. Um, and here you are now. You might be consciously wanting to create high levels of wealth, but on the unconscious level, you've got this belief system that you got from as a young person that, um, you know, wealthy rich people misuse their power and are corrupt and horrible. And that belief system will have more power than your conscious desire for wealth because you won't want to become a wealthy person because then you're a greedy, horrible, selfish person. Now, where would that come from? Well, every TV show pretty much. Uh, think of The Simpsons. has always got the evil rich person. Um, if you come from the working class or the middle class, you've heard heaps of stories about how the evil uh, business owners have ripped people off. It's just part of the fabric of the zeitgeist of our cultures over the years. Um, and you absorb the stuff on the unconscious level. So the whole brain wealth course helps you see these beliefs. It's probably the there's no other course that we know of in the world that does such a thorough job of bringing up belief structures for you to see. The course also helps reprogram belief structures that are highly supportive of wealth creation. Um, but just coming back to where I was going before. So with meditation, there's all sorts of science now around why, coming back to what I said, when you've meditated for a long period of time, it resets your brain. So first of all, we know that it reshapes or remyelinates the brain. And you can reach very deep senses of centered, peaceful states where you start making better decisions. But as I said, you start to think differently. And I said that it's hard to explain this, but anyone that's been a long-term meditator will get me. Now we're going to the science about why. I said we think differently. So as an example, I'm going to be doing this this afternoon. I have some decisions to make as a business person. And I'm going to go and I'm going to meditate. And I'll probably meditate for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And then after I've meditated, I'm just going to be relaxed, pondering the decisions that I have to make. Now, pondering is a soft skill versus hard skill. So hard skill, when you're using logic, you've got your brow furrowed and you're, what's the strengths in this and where's my where's the weaknesses and where, where, I'm evaluating my risk profile with this opportunity. That's all sort of hard thinking. Pondering is when you sort of have a soft ponder on a decision you've got to make and then you relax. And then your mind gives you input. It gives you a solution. It gives you a viewpoint, but it hasn't come from what we call hard logic. Now, everyone here has experienced this to some degree. Now, typically you would have experienced it in this way. You've been working really hard, thinking about you've got some challenge that you're, you're stressed about. And you're trying to think your way through it analytically. And you're not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden, it's on the weekend, you go to the beach, or you're hanging on your couch, having a relax. 
And the solution to the problem has come through fully formed. And you go, ah, that'll do it. Now, what you'll notice, it just arrives out of nowhere. So once had that. And what you'll observe is that to have that sort of input, you were in a deeply relaxed state. But when you were trying to work through it with hard logic, it's like you couldn't get the information you needed. Now, when you're a meditator, you can... (laughs) <laughs> you can you you hone this as a skill. You will never make a decision without pondering the decision in a deeply, deeply relaxed state after meditating because you know that you get far greater insight than you can with logic alone. Now, I love the modern world for many reasons. There's many reasons I don't as well. So much political turmoil at the moment. We're just going through so many changes. But um, coming back to where I was, what I was talking about, one of the great things about the modern world is, you know, I've been meditating for years and the only models we had for meditation in the old days were, you know, pretty much ones from the Buddhist traditions or the Hindu traditions. Um, you know, the traditions out of the East, the Christians had their... Um, uh, meditation practices as well. They sort of disappeared over time. But it came from a sort of a religious or spiritual background. Um, and so their models were limited to their spiritual or religious explanations. Uh, then we had psychological development through 40s, 50s and 60s, and we started to get new models and those models at that time might have been things like the collective unconscious from Jung or the unconscious itself from Freud and then through to Jung. I still like the unconscious models. They're, they're good models to explain this. So as an example, I might say that by relaxing deeply after meditation, my unconscious gives me fully formed Solutions. No, I would still say that, by the way, my unconscious does. But if we go to brain mapping, we'll see something else. And it's just another way of explaining it. And this has to do with the materialist aspects of the brain. So I still believe in the unconscious and I also believe in the collective unconscious, um, which is a shared consciousness. But in the brain, this is I'm really excited to share this, when we reach deep levels of meditation, there is a, a coherent field developed and the left and right hemispheres of the brain synchronize and start to work together. And then we start to experience when the left and right hemispheres work together high-level pattern recognition, high-level knowledge that goes beyond logic. And so this is why it feels like it's almost like a superpower. Similarly, people that take psychedelics have had these experiences where their brain starts functioning in these really highly evolved manners and they just get these profound 
insights. Again, from meditation, the brain science shows that way more areas of the brain get activated on the left and right hemisphere starting working together and this is why the brain understands things like way beyond logic, way, way beyond logic. Now, now typically, and this, again, is just a model because we know the brain's a bit more evolved. Than this. We used to talk about left and right hemispheres, one hemisphere being the, the place that the creative types come from, people with imaginations, the storytellers, the musicians, the people that sort of tapped into this intuitive, inspired way of living, very feeling-based people, versus uh, the other hemisphere of the brain is for the logic types. And the logic types are a bit disconnected from the parts that we just talked about. They're the analyzers, uh, like maths, science, and so you can see they're, they're, they're distant spheres. So when they come together, there's a genius happens. You know, we, we take this a little bit further because, so, so sorry, before I go into that, that's what you are activating off the end of deep level meditation, which is why the mind, the brain produces far better cho- uh, choices, the decisions that you've got to make after you have put your brain into that state where the left and right hemisphere are working together. There is a guy, actually, let me bring it up here. I love this guy. His name's John Viveki, and I'll spell it out. J-O-H-N-V-E-R-V-A-E-K-E. Go check his flow states video, John Viveki flow states. He is a cognitive scientist out of Canada. And I love what he's doing because he is putting science to some extraordinary things. He's a cognitive scientist, but like me, he has been a lifelong meditator. He has a couple of meditation approaches, and he is a Tai Chi and Chugung practitioner. So he's a really interesting mix of of highly developed logic, and when you listen to him speak and watch him, very intelligent man, but he also has these uh, deep interest in what they call the energetic traditions or the wisdom traditions of of the East, the trend. Trans, transcendent traditions, like the Buddhist tradition, which is about undoing the ego. And so he has experienced some pretty profound states of uh, superpowers, information coming to him. The reason I like this is, as an example, I read people, as you know, and, you know, when people work with normal coaches, it takes them, uh, normal coaches can't read you. So it's just, it's just, a, it's slow going. Okay, so uh, for years I've done things and people have seen me do this, which are beyond logical comprehension. So as an example, I'd be in a room, I'd be running a room full of, of business owners and I would look at someone and I would know that they their hobby was was woodworking 
and that they made tables and and did wood turning for vases and things. And I'd just tell them that straight away in front of the live audience. The guy's mouth would drop and go, yeah, wow. So strike rates like that, you know, that it's, it's, it's fairly easy to fool people if you're doing general. Like you see these people that read rooms and go, oh, I've got a message from someone called John, John. <laughs> right, everyone knows someone called John. Um, so over time, I, uh, there's an incredible accuracy. My clients will tell you I'm on the phone. I can't even see them. I don't know what emotional states they're in when I'm working with them, when I'm triggering it to help them see what's stopping them as wealth creators. And so for me, I'm like, wow, what I do is amazing. I don't sort of carry any goically. It's it's a skill set that I'm fortunate to have because it helps me help clients. Um, but the likes of John Vivekian are now bringing a scientific model to this and taking it out of woo-woo land. And they're talking about the ability to, for the brain, beyond logic, to have highly evolved pattern recognition abilities, meaning there's genius states that are activated when you're willing to drop logic and activate full brain. So go watch that, John Viveki flow states. He'll do a better job of explaining it than I would. So again, coming back to meditation, not only does it calm you, center you, so you're wiser in your decision-making, less reactive, um, more able to think things through logically and strategically because you don't have the stress driving you, but it also opens you up to having deeper levels of superpowers. And now science is starting to explain that through flow states and what they call implicit learning, because the brain has an amazing ability to learn things outside of logic. This will also help you deal with, as I said, the emotions that arise when you're in business building and investing mode because you're outside of your competency zone. So you're more likely to continue. I know so many business owners that have, and I've experienced this myself, sometimes in the middle of challenge, I want to back out of it. Why? Because of the uncomfortable emotions that are arising. So this is another tool to reduce uncomfortable emotions, to stay more centered, more positive. The, uh, the other aspect to this, just quickly, too, is this is just back to the science. So with meditation, we move our brainwave state. So when we're running around in normal everyday states, we're in what they call the, the best beta state of mind. When we are overly stressed, we go into high beta. In high beta, it creates inflammation in the body, in the brain. Um, again, adrenal cortex, amygdala spiked, reactive patterns, uh, big, 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 big reason for burnout, ill health, uh, low energy levels. You can't sustain that sort of brainwave state for long periods of time. Alpha is the next level down. Alpha, for those of you that don't meditate, is what you sometimes feel on a Sunday afternoon when you're watching sport or watching TV and you're on the couch and you, you're sort of drifting in and out of that dreamlike state. 
That's alpha. Theta is the dreamlike state um, that you get into when you are asleep. And deep delta is deep, deep REM sleep. There's also gamma. And now they've put gamma that's associated again with meditators and high-level genius states. In gamma, again, the whole brain is activated. Every area of the brain is activated. Um, so in meditating, we, we are learning to control our brainwave states. And so, again, start, we start to develop levels of mastery through doing that. Um, coming back to the model that we talked about before, when we move from beta into alpha into theta, that's when the whole of the brain starts activating and lighting up. In the Jungian model, you'd consider that is when the once you move to alpha, uh, into alpha into theta, the bridge, <laughs> the wall between the conscious and unconscious starts to dissolve. So again, we're here to help people develop self-mastery as business owners and investors, entrepreneurs. And when you know how to, you're using that meditation to access the unconscious so that you can get the information you need to make the right decisions. Now, there's another element to this as well. I want you to think about this. In the path to self-mastery, you must be able to own how you behave and how you act. That's the first approach to self-mastery, by the way. There's awareness. So I am aware of this behavior. I can see this behavior doesn't support me. That means I must change this behavior. So awareness, then transformation. Now, awareness is directed, but most people don't know how to direct awareness. And this is what happens when they first sit down to meditate. They sit down to meditate and they're going to follow their breath and they find out in a second's time that their brain is firing off all these thoughts and they're off thinking about this and then dreaming, planning, and they try and come back. No, they can't do it. After half an hour, they've probably got two seconds when they were able to control their awareness and their brain wasn't controlling them. In the East, they call it the monkey mind. They want to be able to quiet the monkey mind. So that person is controlled by what they think. Secondly, they have no ability to control their awareness because thoughts and thinking decide where awareness goes. Therefore, they are controlled by their thoughts, thinkings, behaviours way more than someone that is a meditator because when you meditate, uh, some other elements go on. So the first thing is that you learn to control awareness. Your ability to control awareness is more powerful than your brain's desire to think about this and think about that or more powerful than these emotions that want to take you here, there, and the next thing. So you, you end up controlling through will awareness. So as an example, a, a meditator who's just meditating on their belly, the breath in and out, they can, they can just do that for ages, ages. Yeah, I thought grabs it for a second, they'll bring it back, and then they'll have these moments of just long periods where they're just 
in awareness. So very few people have that experience of just being in awareness. So they're in awareness, just observing this one thing. They're in and out of their belly as their breath moves in and out of it. That's all. They decide that that's where they place their awareness. And then what happens when you do that all the time? You suddenly become awareness. You're more identified with awareness and with your brain, with your mind. In fact, from awareness, you start now looking at the contents of your mind. You see the contents. You see the thoughts. You see the behaviours. Because you've stabilised introverted awareness. No one teaches this in school. What happens for most people is their awareness is out there in the world. Looking, 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 thinking, 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 projecting, projecting, projecting their belief systems, viewpoints onto the world. Okay? They're not seeing themselves. They're just seeing. It's actually kind of like glasses. If you wear glasses, you've got these glasses. You're looking out through the glasses all the time at the world. You don't even know you've got glasses. Whatever, just looking through the world. When you meditate, you actually look. You're looking at the glasses that look at the world. It's a really good way of saying it. So, so you now sta- you've stabilized introverted awareness. So you can see how you behave, and you start to become disidentified from how you behave. I'm not behaving like this. There is this behavior. I'm separate from it. Watching it. So we know in meditation that when you've been doing it for a long period of time through the stabilisation of awareness, what we call observing awareness or witness awareness, we now start observing ourselves and our behaviour. And we have a far, far, far more objective view of that because we're truly observing it. Versus someone who has not learned introvert awareness, they're so identified They don't even see who or how or what they are or what they're doing. So this whole process of stabilising awareness starts to mean that we can now evolve in a way that someone who doesn't meditate can't because we see our behaviours. In the ancient traditions, in the Buddhist traditions, Jack Cornfield talked about this a lot. Anyone that was a meditator would at some stage have repressed emotions a surface, repressed beliefs, because the unconscious starts to unload as a meditator. So if you meditate and you're stabilizing awareness and you're willing to own, it's almost like the unconscious goes, oh, they're willing to see what's here. Well, show them. And it starts to show you things about yourself. So with that awareness, you're able to move to the next level. We're not talking about that today, which is, well, we can now have to change the behaviours, upgrade these behaviours so we can be better entrepreneurs, better investors, better human beings, better lovers, better fathers, better mothers. You see, I'm absolutely passionate about this. So again, just to close, you can't upgrade yourself without owning what needs to be owned about your behaviours, about your personal consciousness, about your personal beliefs, and you won't be able to do that without a contemplative practice 
that allows you to start observing self and owning self. So observing starts first, owning starts first. So as an example, then you'll push up against something else. And meditation helps that. As a meditator, you become less identified with your ego. So as an example, I might be meditating and I have to find out, well, I've been an asshole to some of my staff. I'm an asshole. I've got an asshole part of me. Treats people badly. As a meditator who's disidentified, you can own that easily. Yep, I got that trait. Okay, I know I'm going to take responsibility for it. Someone that's not a meditator and hasn't reached a certain stage of development, they won't want to own they're an asshole. <laughs> if they see it, if they're fortunate enough to see it, they won't want to own it because the ego's like, well, that makes me a bad person, I'm horrible. And therefore, they'll deny it. That behavior will stay in place. Staff will be upset. They're into right-wrong games. Okay? So meditation also helps you disidentify. You're not so uh, head up about being right or wrong. You're fine with it all. This is why they call it, and John Viveki, the cognitive science talks about it. He said it's a, it's a, a transcendental technology. It takes you beyond the normal ego structure so you can see it, and it starts to dissolve it. Anyone that's meditated a lot will tell you that. So a couple of things. Go do the whole brain wealth course. It's on special at the moment. I think it's like three times 28 bucks, three payments of $28, and you'll get access to that. Just go to my website. You'll see it under the help section or work with us section, and you'll see it all over the website advertised. Just go do that. That will help you meditate, help you pull up and transform belief structures. For those of you that want a real beginning meditation, I want to give it to you right now. I promise you that at the start. A real beginning meditation works in this way. You're going to be counting and counting the breath. So all you do is you breathe in for four. One, two, three, four. You hold for seven, three, four, five, six, seven. You breathe out for the count of eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You breathe in for the count of four. One, two, three, four. You hold for the count of seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Breathe out to the count of eight. Do that for two minutes. You'll observe a change in your physiology. You'll observe a decrease in stress. If you can, do it for five minutes. If you can, do it for ten minutes. That's a, a, a really good one to work with. So it, when you be a, a, an accomplished meditator, you, you meditate on the breath or you can meditate on sensations in the body. However, you have to have practice to do that successfully. The meditation I just gave you does a couple of things. You are forced to lock onto two separate things, the breath and the count. So it now gives your uh, brain two things to concentrate on. And 
<laughs> so two things makes it harder for you to escape and go off into thoughts and thinking. So you'll see you'll have to concentrate on it. So that's why that is a really good beginning one. The other element to it is it uses pranayama, from, which it comes from the yoga traditions. And uh, Navy SEALs understand this stuff, by the way. You control your the only one of the only ways you can control your physiology is through your breath. Thoughts is one way, breath is the other way. So if you that particular practice I gave you, it puts you into a breathing pattern that automatically calms your nervous system. This is why in when you're uh, overly stressed, feeling vulnerable, fear you will have a shallower breath. You'll breathe faster. The more relaxed you are, think about when you're asleep. Your breath is long and deep. So that meditation I gave you uses three things to bring around a calming of the nervous system to start to give you a glimpse of what it's like to meditate. If you haven't already done it, by the way, go and do my entrepreneurial profiling personality profiling assessment takes about four to five minutes to do and it will give you your gifts strengths and weaknesses as an entrepreneur um absolutely amazing just go to my website's on the home page you'll see a link to it and go check out the whole brain wealth course and if you want to work with me just come and book you'll see a breakthrough profit workshop and in that breakthrough profit workshop i will be using my superpowers of people reading to <laughs> really speed up your results. I'll help you see every block uh, getting in the way of you achieving what you want as an entrepreneurial wealth creator. And if you want to help strategically, I like uh, working with strategy. Anyway, that's all for this week's show, and I hope you get a lot from it. Catch up.